You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. You know exactly who your ideal client is, who you want to work with, how you want to service them because, well, you're different. And you know exactly what those things are that you put into your client experience you want to give. And so therefore, one of the easiest ways to have a smooth, simple, and easy process is to have a client management system that is designed for the way that you work. HoneyBook is the answer for you. I've used it for years with my wedding clients, making sure that their contracts, timelines, proposals, all of the information that they need, all the emails, all the images that are sent back and forwards, they're all in one place. It provides customized communication that is branded for your business. They have templates to keep it simple, like brochures, contact forms. You can invite your entire team or even streamline it if you're a solopreneur to keep your business running like a well-oiled machine. Automations, workflows, anything that is going to make sure that you are able to do the work that you do, keep it easy for your clients and have them raving about you to all the other people that they're sending your way. And in order to make this easy for you, I have a gift. Use the code that's in the show notes for 50% off. You heard that right, 50% off HoneyBook. You can start today doing things differently so that you can give your clients exactly what it is that you know they've been waiting for. Go on over to the show notes, 50% off. Go ahead and use that code. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may have been unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, along with my co-host India Jackson, here to get the dialogue going. So India and I decided today that we wanted to give you a little bit more insight into pause on the play the brand itself kind of where it came from um not just kind of how we work but just kind of what it is and a little bit more context around it you've heard a lot from me as far as like the diversity equity and inclusion side of it the imperfect allyship imposter syndrome india will bring in some of the business stuff but we're actually going to begin to go into a little bit more around what kind of makes us different 
some of the things that we used to do a lot of in the beginning, really having these open, honest, organic conversations. And so in doing that, we are actually having on one of our friends, business cohorts, an amazing human being all around, Kim Wenzel of Pattern of Purpose. She's going to actually kind of interview us, tell us, kind of give us those questions that are going to help us tell you rather, um, kind of a little bit more about us. So Kim is going to let you in on that. She's going to tell you about herself and uh, enjoy some of the storytelling. So this week, we're going to switch it up just a tad bit. Um, And I know we say that a lot. However, it actually is something different. Indy and I are both here. Hey, Indy. Hey. We are actually going to be interviewed today by our friend, business cohort, an amazing person who I love she kind of makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Um, Kim Wenzel, she's actually going to do some interviewing of us about what Pause on the Play is. But before we do that, Kim, can you introduce yourself to the Pause on the Play audience? I mean, if you're going to ask me to talk about myself, I will surely do that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all for having me here. This is really exciting. Um, I am a brand storyteller, strategist, and also podcast host. Erica and India have both been on my show, and we've developed this really wonderful business relationship, but there's also those people that you just feel like immediately you get. And so when you ask me to come on and ask you all questions, I'm like, hell to the yes. (laughs) So a little bit about um, what I do. I work with business owners and individuals, basically helping them answer the question, so what do you do? Um, And we focus mostly on their brand messaging, but also how they're structuring their packages, how they're communicating their value, and really helping them pull the genius out of their brain and into their marketing messages so that people more clearly and quickly get to understand what they do and why it matters. I love how you put that, pulling the genius out of your brain, because with entrepreneurs, a lot of our shit just lives in our heads. We expect other people to know it because we do. So yeah, that's a huge thing. And that's a, that's an area that I think anybody can benefit from. I agree. So that being said, you just want me to get started. Yes. I'm gonna (laughs) let you do. You do go ahead. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to start with a question for you, Erica. Mm -hmm. And When I'm working with my clients, I always like to start with the foundation. So I'd love to hear from you when you were thinking of the name, pause on the play. And actually, I think you all thought of this name together. I'm not sure. You tell me. But what is behind that name? What does it mean to you? And why is it so tied to what your mission is? with your brand? So first of all, I, I, I have to thank my lovely friend's daughter who I have a special place for in my heart, um, <laughs> who, who actually came up with it because this was something that the the cart kind of came before the horse because we kind of were doing it and then needed a name for it. Um, and pause on the play made perfect sense because she came up with it because we're like, you know, we're essentially talking about these things that need to be talked about, but we're kind of telling people like, skirt, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we, what are you really saying here? What does this really mean? And what's there? And so that, that 
concept of pause on a play when she said it like it immediately was like that's it because a lot of the things that can come up um that 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 people will bring it really comes from this place of needing this space to stop reevaluate and just really like okay what what are we actually talking about here what are we really doing and having that awareness so that concept of pause on the play can for some people pull kind of the sports reference for some people it pulls that music reference but it's definitely like that moment of whatever is happening needing that stop that pause put on what's on play so rather than just kind of moving through life on autopilot or just continuing to push 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 without pausing and really stopping to look up look around that's what you wanted to do actually encourage people to not just be focused on the 10 steps ahead, but the right now. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, because I think it's really easy to just kind of go on autopilot and you just do because that's what you should do. That's what you've been told to do. That's what somebody else told you you should do. And it's like, uh, why? Why is that a thing? (laughs) Why are you going with that on just because it's there, because you think you're supposed to. Mm -mm. Nope, none of that. So India, when you heard this name, what was your first reaction? And what, what was that conversation actually like between you and Erica on like, hey, you want to do this thing together? You want to jump in? Or was it already a thing? And then this podcast just made it formalized? So we actually started creating audio interviews for my blog (laughs) Um, because I absolutely hate what you love, which is writing. And I was like, whatever will get me out of writing for the blog, I am down for. And we were a couple of interviews in, and we had started creating some for Erica Corday as well in her blog. And I realized this is a podcast. Like we can just take this audio we've already created and upload it to a host and put the message out there and a further reach than just on the blog would have. And when we realized we were going to do that and Erica started looking into like what goes into submitting your podcast, I started looking into marketing a podcast. We're like, well, crap, we need a name. (laughs) And neither one of us came up with anything on the fly because words is just not really, as far as written words, it's not my thing. Um, and that's when the conversation happened with Bailey, um, our friend's daughter, who always comes up with really cool names for things on the fly. And I just, I heard the name. And for me, what came to mind was the fact that around that time we were having conversations in a business community and in this business community, we were two of the only people, um, that bought any diversity to the table. And we were seeing things being said and conversations being started that included microaggressions and the people were not even aware that they were committing microaggressions such as she's so articulate. And I'm like, skirt, pause on that fuckery. Would you say this about somebody in the same way if they look like you? Why are you so surprised that they can speak a certain way and behave a certain way, you know? And why are you using this particular word of articulate? Because for me in my life, that's always shown up from people that don't look like me. And then they see me in person like, oh, I thought you'd be white. (laughs) 
I have gotten that one. I don't know how many times over my life. And I'm like, so what is it about the way that I talk that isn't indicative of a black woman? Because I feel like I'm confused here. I've been black every day of my life, all day, every day. Didn't you also say that people that have heard you and think you're white and then they meet you and they're confused? Wasn't that? It's one both of, of one us. Of, both okay. of us. Mm-hmm. Both of us. And, it's just and like, I'm like, what does what? it mean to sound black or white? You just sound right. away. I I'm mean, I've met people me. that don't look like me that identify themselves as white, but have a little bit more like slang to their language and mm-hmm. um, to their voice than I do. So. so you two wanted to bring that common experience because you were actually both in this community together to your own platform. And one of the things that I want to point out here is that so for anybody listening, I am a white woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> context. Context here. <laughs> just, just in light of our last piece of conversation. Um, but I think what we often find, too, is um, that when microaggressions are happening, it's often on the person who those are directed towards to have to interrupt them, right? So for you, in this context, that would have meant you actually having to bear the brunt of saying, hey, wait a second, what do you actually mean by that? And you're bringing with that also your history of, I already know how somebody's going to react, right? Well, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm imagining. I don't want to go down this. I don't want to like make a thing out of it because I don't think people, this person even understands or nor do I have the interest to educate them at this moment. And so Pause on the Play was really this platform for you two to come together um, in a shared in a shared platform, but also a trusting relationship too. I just want to point that out. You and uh, you, India and you, Erica, had this really common ground as well as common lived experience in life, but also in business. So what was that decision like when you decided, hey, let's do this thing together versus just let's create our own podcast that support our own brands and we could have each other as a guest on once in a while because it's a much different conversation to begin a partnership together than partner together. Yeah, the interesting part that um, some people may not know is that India and I have been friends for well over 10 years and have worked together in some capacity in, you know, the majority of those years, if not all of them. So in the businesses that we had before Erica Corday, Flaunt Your Fire, or Pod Your, um, Pause on the Play even existed when it was India Jackson Artistry, Silver Immersion, which is my hair and makeup company, we worked together then. And when we worked together, then part of why we worked together was because we understood what the common goal was. We, we had that similarity there, but at the same time, things that maybe had to be explained with other people were normal to us. Things around what professionalism actually looked like, what the customer service pieces that we wanted to bring look like. What is it that made us different because we were different and not because we were women of color doing what we did, working together and, you know, there's no cattiness. There was no, oh, what are you doing? Or any of the things that people can think of that comes up, we didn't have those things. And so for us, this was just another extension of what we had been doing for many years. 
And it's just that this was much more forward facing in that we were doing something that was being presented to everybody else as us together, which we'd been supporting each other in actually the services that we had done or what we did for the other with what we did. Like we, we've done, this is nothing new. This conduit wasn't new. This just kind of changed what it looked like. And it showed up in a way that it really did. Um, and what we kind of even didn't really realize was it gave a platform for what we did individually and for it to become something collectively. That was the unintended side effect. Yeah. And to be honest, when we started this together, like there wasn't even a thought about it being separate. Like it wasn't even a consideration. I'm not even realizing it now until you asked me that. um, I don't know if we would have started it separately. No, because it would have been, it would have felt very differently. And if you go back and listen to like the first, I'd say maybe two to three episodes. Those were when it was like th- that. <laughs> She's laughing. Andy is dying over here. <laughs> Those, Those are the you ain't sorry episodes. <laughs> Those episodes were like not that were edited normally, but those were fully unedited, and it was what it looked like for us to really have created something that wasn't meant to be a podcast that became a podcast, and what it looked like as far as how we interact, the types of conversations that we have, the things that we say, and literally part of what we've actually stepped into physically doing is we'll be talking and there'll be times where we will, somebody will say, pause. And then we will literally go in and record because we have these conversations and what you're hearing in a lot of cases is conversation. You're hearing what it sounds like when we interact the way that we process things, the way that we share and take in information from the other, whether it's in reference to each other or not. So pause on the play in so many ways is about the way that Erica and India process and then filter that information, even if there's sometimes a lack of filtering. So what I think (laughs) is brilliant about what both of you just said is that um, for anyone listening that knows sort of the Erica Corday brand and the India Jackson brand. This is very much, how many times can I say brand in one sentence? But like, <laughs> this is very much on brand for who you are and what you stand for in this unfiltered, showing up, being authentic, being genuine, and sometimes ruffling a few feathers along the way. And I think. You know, those first couple episodes, oh gosh, nobody wants to go back and listen to the first couple episodes that they ever (laughs) recorded. Like, I refuse. But at the same time, and here's where like Kim's directness comes, as you got more into it and the podcast became more established and you were getting more feedback and people were listening, I wonder if other people's feedback and opinions and lived experience started to impact the way that you approach the podcast and the things you might be saying because hey it's all shits and giggles when like nobody's listening (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely people start listening and making comments and it's hard I think to know how to stay centered to that mission that you had and vision you had when you first started out so I'd actually love to just go there with you all how like what has this first year almost journey been like um when maybe did you lose yourself along the way did you come back have you always known exactly like 
we're doing this as we imagined or, you know, I don't know. There could be an alternative there. I'm going to keep it 100 from my perspective. When we started, we were just having like legit intense conversations as two girlfriends and I was like, you know what? Somebody like maybe we should record this. There's gems in this conversation. <laughs> and we literally pressed pause in the conversation and hit record. And that was kind of that. And I feel like in the beginning of the journey, you were literally just a fly on the wall or somebody sitting on the sofa, invisible, listening in on two girlfriends conversations in their living room, which we just happen to be in two different living rooms. But <laughs> And I feel like um, it's been an interesting journey because we never thought that it would turn into what it's become, number one. Uh, it was kind of just something that we felt called to do was to share these conversations. Um, originally, it wasn't intended to be a business. <laughs> no. Or intended to be something that has been being honored to be able to speak at different events. Um and present to different people and just really change a lot of perspectives and lives. I'd love to hear your take on that though, Erica. So yes, um, it, it started just from this place again of us just kind of talking. And I think over time, you know, you're, you're seeing what people are doing, you're hearing what they're saying. And, you know, we've experimented, which I think anytime that you are um, kind of on a journey. There's definitely uh, some of that, like, well, let's try it. That imperfect action piece. Like, let's just see what happens. And it's not from a place of the spaghetti at the wall, like, fuck it, I'm just going to throw everything. But <laughs> it is absolutely from a place of let's try it. Let's see how it feels. Let's see how it comes across and how it's received. Um, but I also think that there is a point to where India and I have both collectively arrived at a point of hearing a lot of things that people say and paying more attention to maybe what they're doing and kind of letting that inform what maybe our take is on the information that we're being given. Because I think that it's good to be able to um, consider different points of view so that we're not just staying in our own little bubble and it's only the two of us and it just pings pong back and ping pongs back and forth. But we took in some information that we're not taking anymore. We took in some feedback and some guidance that we're not taking anymore, not as uh, verbatim as it was given. Um, the reality is, is that when we initially came up with this, someone actually told us, yeah, you two don't need to work together. And yeah. I completely yeah. disagree with it. And I'm extremely glad that we did not take that advice. That does not mean that that makes that, that person or their point of view wrong, but it wasn't the best thing for us. And so stepping into a place of beginning to really acknowledge and own the fact that we don't do things like anybody else and fully saying, well, then we can't listen to what anybody else says because we're not like them. And having to understand that there's a little bit of this uncharted territory where you're creating something that doesn't have a blueprint. And sometimes that's scary. But that's also part of what we guide people through. So it only makes sense if we give ourselves that permission to step into that place and to be able to say, I hear you. I hear you. However, fuck that. I don't want to do that. And that's okay. So I want to talk about the pause on the play brand and what you stand for and what you want to be known for. 
but through the lens of looking at what's out there, looking at what conversations are being had, particularly around business, and what hole did you see in the market, and why are you two the right people to bring your voices to fill that hole? And let me say voices, experiences, and expertise to fill that hole. Number one, there's not enough conversation around the right things to begin with. There's a lot of tiptoeing around. We're not going to be direct. There's a lot of, oh, I want diversity. Do you want diversity? I'm going to be honest and say, when was the last time you talked to a black person? When was the last time you talked to a brown person? Do you have anybody in your business that doesn't look like you? Is there anybody in your network that doesn't look like you? So from the point of view of you, a lot of people say they want to do things but they're not actually doing it. And if there's nobody that is holding anyone accountable to that, then nothing is going to change. And so a lot of what happens over here is not only, hey, what is it that you wanna do, but actually having you integrate it into your business because the alternative just doesn't happen. We're not over here to just talk the pretty words and oh, let's make a strategy and nothing happens. No, we want you to actually be in action, which is why we talk about imperfect action. I would rather you move, learn from it and keep going than to just be like, well, I can't do it yet because mm-mm. anything that comes behind that, I'm not interested in. And when you have two people that have built multiple businesses that are coming from a place of wanting to do things that are fully disruptive of what is the norm, then it is, it's not like anything else because we're not like anything else. Our learned experiences collectively are not like anybody else. We don't want to pacify you. We don't want you to come and just be like, yeah, I'm working with black women. I'm good. Uh, uh-uh. none of that either. Like it, it actually needs to happen. And so I think one of the biggest things that I don't see enough of is that accountability that, that isn't coming from a place of you're terrible if you didn't do it, but also coming from a place of keeping you accountable. Not like patting what, you on the back. Right. Like, you know, the, the, the integration of it, the actual like doing the things and understanding that this isn't going to be like anything else because what you're doing isn't like anybody else. So it's just you don't so want different. your business to look like anybody else's. So no. why are you still doing the same shit that everybody else does? Like... India you have to do something different. India is not like, oh, let's do this. And I'm going to give you what everybody else has been doing. And I'm going to be really like, okay, let's just, Mm-mm. no. So no. Erica, you bring this kind of coaching mindset piece. In India, you bring the very tactical marketing visibility piece, right? And yes. in your episodes, you talk about this two-on-one approach that you offer, to really anyone out there. I mean, I would even dare to say it could be a business owner. It could be a non-business owner, right? So, um, India, talk me through how this works and what someone, what kind of person could benefit from working with the two of you together? And what kind of benefit do you get from that dual approach versus just hiring one of you? Yeah, so one of the things that I've seen from Flaunt Your Fire is we'll have clients come and they say, we want to support diversity. Um, Sometimes it's not even about race. It's like, we want to hire women. We're this kind of company, mostly men apply. We'd like to have some women working here. And 
we know that in order to get female applicants, we need to start showing women in our imagery. And so then it becomes, <laughs> this is actually a real situation. Uh, can you find a female friend to pose in our clothes for the photo shoot? And I'm like, no, I will not. <laughs> and I know underneath that is a lot of mindset problems that you think that you can just have a woman come for free. Let's, let's note that for free for the photo shoot. Use these images all about your brand and how you support women in the workplace, but you haven't hired any women in your workplace. In reality, the only person on your team is the stereotypical role of an office manager or a telephone assistant. Um, then there's the other piece of that where you get businesses that want the black hand or the black face. So you have a bunch of white females for a beauty brand or for a clothing brand, and they want you to go find a black friend or a Latino friend or whatever to be that face. And A, nine times out of 10, they don't want to pay when they've paid everyone else there. Um, B, they're not actually looking to hire diversity on their team to create a company culture that has diversity. And so on my side, I've seen and I know this is probably not directly answering the question, but we can get you the marketing and tangible pieces to get you diverse customers, to get you diverse money. But then what happens if we're doing all of this for a brand that's a lie? You're not actually doing anything to support diversity of gender, of race behind the scenes. Your company culture is not actually supportive or capable of supporting if you did have a woman apply to the job. Um, she may feel outcast by her coworkers because they've gotten so used to having a male-only bro kind of vibe. And this is where I say it's so important to pair the two things together from what I do because if you really truly want to have the change and not just a shallow company that if people actually start having conversation with you enough in person or on podcasts, they'll realize it's a lie and then that's bad PR. <laughs> You need to do the actual work of diversity. And that is not my wheelhouse to help you figure out what your values are, what your mission statement is, and how you're going to do that front facing, where you're going to vote with your dollars, these kinds of things, which is why I bought Erica in. Um, I also feel like on the other side, when you're dealing with people who are good with diversity and that's important to them, they're doing the work there, hypothetically. We run into issues where even the most confident person, when they are transitioning and evolving their business and brand, they run into visibility blocks. They run into different things that can come up where they can get in their own way. They can have not enoughness. They can feel like, who am I to charge this new price? Who am I to step on this stage? Um, I battle a stage fright firsthand, so I get it and I understand, but I also know that I'm not the person to help you work on these things because I can give you the strategy all day long, but yet if you still give yourself excuses and reasons as to why you did not make the Instagram story or why you didn't pitch yourself for that thing that I gave you, I knew you would win. Or you're doing these things, but you're doing it in a way that sabotages yourself because you only make it the me show. I, 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 I. And you never consider how the podcast hosts would benefit from you being there or how their listeners would benefit or provide value. 
these are things that working with the coach that has as much experience as Erica has comes in to kind of work on what's going on underneath the surface as to why you feel the need to do these things. Why do you feel like you're not enough? And this is why for me, I can help you figure out how is it that your beliefs, ethics, and values are actually showing up in your business. I can work you through when it comes up of, you know, how do you feel about being very visible and very vulnerable about this different shift in uh, what you're doing in your business? You know, let's talk about your company culture. Let's talk about community guidelines. I can do those kinds of things, but when it's like, yeah, let's work on how this is marketed. Let's work on what it looks like to bring these things fully to Instagram and to have a plan for doing this, for deciding how does this link up with what we do on, on uh, LinkedIn? What does it look like when we go on different platforms? What does it look like when we bring this in? How do all of these things come together? That's not my wheelhouse. So I can give you the things, but the strategy and the plan, that's India. That's her side. (laughs) So I think what you're really saying is, Erica, somebody might be coming to you saying, I need help. Here's what I value. How do I institute this in a way? And then how do I show up? where you bring in India. In India, somebody might be coming to you saying, I want to work on my reputation, but also getting clear on, well, what's driving that reputation that you want? And, and so yeah. I think, you know, there are two entry points, but from either way, it's working on the inside and the outside, which I think exactly. is, is really important. And also um, quite a unique partnership because you, you either... I think a lot of people are looking for a coach or they're looking for somebody tactically focused, an executor, right? I always think that word's weird, executor, because I just <laughs> think <laughs> task more finish you. Right. <laughs> um, but is, one thing that came up for me um, when you launched your new show, Flaunt Your Fire, the podcast, India, is okay, so now you have two different podcasts that you're on. How do you maintain kind of the the difference between the content that you're putting forward on flaunt your fire and the content that you're bringing to the table on pause your play pause on the play (laughs) so it's been interesting um we do have some sales items in common because of course we partner together but ultimately the conversations are a very different angle on flaunt your fire it's really about like doing things from the inside out So doing things that scare you to get yourself out of your comfort zone, diving a little bit into the psychology and mindsets behind why people can feel stuck and why they feel like it's not okay or safe to be vulnerable or to flaunt their fire. Um, What do you do when you feel like your fire is fizzling out? You know, these are definitely conversations for that side of the visibility, marketing and branding piece. I also dive into a lot more of the tactical things. So like what, how to audit your own Instagram, what should be here, what's missing. Um, And then just from my personal history of doing bodybuilding and modeling, I do get listener questions about those kinds of things as well, which I think is important because it's really challenging to be able to flaunt everything that is you and your brand and your business when you don't feel happy with how you look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. As we wrap things up, I want to just reflect back uh, because it's a good lesson to look at the partnership that you all have built together in that 
Sometimes we can build a brand and feel so trapped within that brand and be so focused on what are the bright lines and what I do and I don't talk about and, you know, I need to be putting all of my effort here. It's that all or nothing mindset I think we have a lot. And what's been really neat for me to see uh, with you all is that you're doing a little bit in each other's brand. You're building a brand together. You have your own brands. And while sometimes maybe that's made you feel a little bit like, okay, we got to get things more clear here. We got to make sure everybody understands what we're saying. It also, I think, is creating opportunities for you to be able to bring your strengths and knowledge in different areas and to reach different audiences. And one thing that I would really encourage anybody listening to do is reach out, engage, ask those questions, suggest topics that you would want to hear on the podcast, you know, share experiences because what I know about these two women is that they value that and they're creating content that they want to be useful, not just to sit on their high horse and complain about how others are doing things, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, maybe sometimes, (laughs) but um, I want to end with a question for both of you and we'll start with you, Erica, but... Mm -hmm. If Pause on the Play could be known for just one thing and one thing only, what would you want that to be? Open, honest, and candid conversation. I feel like that's the thing that makes what we do different. And whether it is that we're talking about integrating your beliefs, ethics, and values into your brand, if it's flaunting you know, your fire through your, your messaging and how that kind of, how it partners together, It all boils back down to me and India combining, having conversation around these things, ditching the filter and giving it to you with less BS, being very honest and saying some of the things that maybe you thought and you didn't know how to give voice to, being able to be a place of honesty when you're getting a lot of, well, this is the thing to do. No, don't do that. And there's why. So I feel like that open, honest dialogue and that conversation, I think, I feel like that's what makes the topics that we talk about so much different. And India, if you could get Pause in the Play to be known for just one thing and one thing (laughs) only, what would that be for you? Um, Permission to take imperfect action, permission to say something when you see something even if it's imperfectly said. Permission to do something when you see something, even if it's imperfectly done, because that is where change happens. And to know that you have safe spaces where you won't be judged for that imperfection, but it can be explained to you better ways to do so. Beautifully said. Ladies, do you want to wrap us up? You want me to take us out? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad that you were able to come in and people could hear kind of what this is from somebody else asking the questions, not us saying what we think, because I can say what I think pause on the play is. I can say where I think it's going or, you know, what we collectively kind of have in mind for you going forward. But I think it's important to be able to get the point of view of someone from the outside in to be able to kind of dig in a little bit differently. And I'm already extremely grateful for you, but I appreciate you doing this and being able to just give a different voice um, to what, what I feel like we say and being able to, to translate that. 
Definitely. I'm going to co-sign that and just say thank you for contributing to the diversity here because we are two black women and it's great to be able to invite people with different um, diversity of thought, diversity of race onto the podcast so that people can hear another perspective and also like incredibly admire what you do. You have an incredible talent of just diving in and kind of reaching people's hearts and thoughts out and putting words to it in a way that I've never seen anyone do before. So thank you, Kim. Well, thank you. I will take us out just by reflecting back to you all as somebody who has watched and witnessed. And I just want to commend you because I think we don't take time out of our days enough to reach out to people who are doing things that add value to our lives. And I want to commend you for talking about issues, having conversations that I think are hard to have and you know they're hard to have. And yet, you're showing up bravely, having those conversations, sharing vulnerably, and continue to, continuing to stay visible in many spaces that need to be having more of these conversations. So I think this year is going to be the year of continuing to strip back, going back to like maybe some of those initial episodes with a little more polish if, if that's what you want. I don't know. <laughs> But I am just so excited to witness it along the way. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. I love great conversation. Like, you already know that I'm a stickler for it. Like, it's absolutely my thing. So, again, this conversation, Kim really asked some amazing questions. And I love how she gave Indy and I this great opportunity to really kind of just dig in on some things that, for us, are just kind of common knowledge. And we got to share that with you. And... So I want you to actually listen in and I'd love for you to come on over to Instagram at pause on the play and tell us some of your takeaways. Once you listen in, I would love to hear some of the things that interested you, what came up that you think may even apply to your own brand, or just maybe some things that you learned about us that you didn't know before. And, you know, with India, she is the other half of pause on the play. And she's also uh, the CEO over at flaunt your fire. So if you want to visit her at Instagram, that is at flaunt your fire website, flauntyourfire.com. And I would love for you to go and learn more about Kim. Kim is amazing. And as she said, like, there's something about taking that genius that's inside of your head and actually bringing it out. And telling people what it is that makes you unique and creating that storytelling piece of connecting with and humanizing your brand with the ideal clients for you. So going over to patternofpurpose.com and she is also a pattern of purpose over on Instagram. Um, that will be in the show notes as well. But I love for you guys to uh, definitely tell us your takeaways. So come on over and uh, let us know. If you enjoyed this podcast, show us some love by subscribing, share with a friend, or come on over and leave us a review. You know that reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going. Let's get more people dropping the veil, challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. As always, we love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. 
From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?